You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Grab your seats, everybody. Touch somebody beside you. Tell that person God will speak to you today. And tell that person, you look good. Do I look good? Once in a while. But uh, let me tell you why I'm wearing this. Ask me why. My wife is in Korea now. And there's live stream. Live stream means it's shown all over the world and she's now watching me. Come home, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, she's, she's with her girlfriends. Here's my real belief, and it's nailed. I mean, I, I'm telling you, this, this, is, this is my core belief. Wives need to have girlfriends. You know, and I, is there a wife here? Do you have girlfriends? You need to have strong women, like a squad, like a gang of women, like really close, like... Like, like you're so, you, you, you ask me why. There are some things that husbands can't do for their wives, but only girlfriends can do. And, and you know, if you don't have girlfriends, here's the thing, you're going to suck love and whatever other thing you want to get from a girlfriend, but instead you're getting it from your husband and your husband's going to be frustrated and you're going to be frustrated. And no, you need to have, to, if there's a wife beside you, just, just tap that woman and just say, you need girlfriends. You really do. You, you just, you, you can't depend on your husband. You, you can't. You, you need. And, oh, there's another reason why. This is connected to my talk, okay? Don't worry. Uh, you, you know why my wife is in Korea? Because she's a fan of Korean rom-com. She, she loves that thing. And, and so going there is a real treat for her. That, the thing is, you know, I was, I was with some guys, some friends of mine, some buddies. And one guy said, you know, my wife, she's, she's just into this Korean telenovela, you know. And, and, and he was complaining. And I said, my wife too. And that's okay for you? The guy asked me and I said, yeah. I mean, since the time she watched that thing, she's sweeter towards me. She calls me Oppa. She does. You know, every time, you know, after she watches, she runs to me, gives me a hug and says, I love you, my Oppa. I, I don't know what she watched, but whatever that was, the effect was good. Now, now here's, here's the thing. The, the reason why I encourage my wife to have girlfriends, the reason why... I want her to be happy. You got that? When I wake up in the morning, I have one question in my mind, aside from serving God and loving God, my other question in my mind is, how can I make my wife happy today? You know why? Ask me why. I'm a foot washer. In my marriage, I'm a foot washer. I'm a leader. I lead my marriage. I lead my family towards God and towards the vision. We talked about that last Sunday. 
you know, that you have a vision and you move people from point A to point B because point B is clear. I'm a leader. But leaders bleed and leaders sacrifice and leaders are foot washers. You know why? When you do that, you get so blessed. My marriage is strong. My marriage is happy because I'm a foot washer. And I'm, 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 I, tell pe- I tell this to people. If you feel, and am I, am I making sense? Am I speaking to somebody in this house? Okay, we go. We, we go to scripture because I, I want to I begin with this. Do you know who Jesus thinks is the greatest? Ask me who. Matthew 23 verse 11 says, The greatest among you will be your servant. So here's, here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus believes and Jesus says that the greatest is a foot washer. That, that, and in fact, in, in the next verse it says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is a dangerous passage. Ask me why. In the first line, it's a warning. For those who exalt themselves, what will happen to them? They will be humbled. They'll be lowered. They'll be humiliated. They'll be brought down. You know, that's what the Bible also says in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. Chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction. See any destruction and you will see pride right before that. Tell somebody beside you, pride goes before destruction. For though Jesus said, Matthew 23 verse 12, For those who exalt themselves will be humble. And those who humble themselves, I like the second line, for those who humble themselves, what's going to happen? They will be, they will be exalted. They'll be lifted up. I love that. And th- that, that's a promise. That's a promise. If you become a foot washer, you are a great leader. Am I making sense to you? You're a great leader. God's going to lift you up. And how do, you, how do you apply this in your life? How do you apply this in your career? How do you apply this in business? How do you apply this in family? How do you apply this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it easy for you. There's a book written by Adam Grant. He wrote a book called Give and Take. And it's not a spiritual book. Adam Grant is a Wharton professor, a business teacher, professor. He wrote a business book on give give and take. And it's wonderful because the principles are all there, the principles that we're talking about. He says that in the world there are three kinds of people. Takers, matchers, and givers. Now this has nothing to do with whether you donate to charity or not. No. Uh, because, hey, let's face it, there are people who give to take. So, so they're, they're not really givers. You know what I'm talking about? Can I caricaturize this a little bit? May I? You know, in church, for example, you've got a love offering basket. There be, it's being passed. And, and uh, there are people who, who like getting attention. They, they, like, they give so that they get praised and applauded. Make sense? So, you know, if, if, if I was imagining Mr. Bean, you know, giving and wanting everybody to know that. You know what I'm talking about? Like, 
Like, let, let me display it. I think I've got some time. I just see book. Now there. And so you. Slow motion. You know, and that, that, that's my point. It's it's crazy. You know what what he thinks, what he believes. The author says that no, it's a core attitude towards life. That's what it means to be a taker or a matcher or a giver. Here's the difference. Asking you what's the difference? Takers and matchers they give only because they expect something in return. The difference between a taker and a matcher is this. A taker, when he gives, he wants to get more than what he has given. A matcher, he will match. He will give something, but he expects that you will give something to him in the same amount, equal amount. Make sense? A giver, he gives without expecting anything in return. Am I making sense to you? The reason why a giver gives is not to get something in return. He gives because of two reasons. Number one, because it's the right thing to do. And number two, that's his identity. That's his label. He says, I'm a giver. That's why it's the right thing to do. Okay. Hold someone's hand if that person is a friend or a family member. Look that person in the eye. Without saying anything, I want you to ask the question, is that person a taker, a matcher, or a giver? Now I know. Don't, don't, don't say it. Don't say it, please. Just, just in your mind. In your mind. Okay. Now, 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 I want you to know that the book is so fascinating because it gives you extensive research, amazing research done between, let's say, engineers in California or medical students in Belgium or, or, or salespeople in North Carolina. On and on and on. Page after page after page. Research done collating the material, and this is what they found out. Are you ready? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to shock you a bit. Well, I don't know if this is shocking, but here is the findings. Are you ready? Givers sadly will earn less and be less successful than takers and matchers. And everybody say, oh. But that's findings. That's research for you. That's a fact. And, 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 and in one sense, it's not surprising because if you're a giver, let's say, you're in the office, you see your office mate needing help, you stand up from your desk and you say, can I help? You're a giver. Do you expect anything in return? No. You're, you're, not, you're not saying, I will help you now, you help me later. There's nothing like that. You just help. And guess what? Maybe because you're so busy helping some other person, Maybe you're, you were not able to do the, the work that you're... No, no. You were able to do the work you did, but you had to go overtime. You, you were stressed a bit, you know. Or, or you've got a job description. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. And then you find something else to do for the office, for the team, for the boss. That's not listed on those 14 items. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And you do it. Why? You're not expecting anything return. You're not expecting a pat in the back. You do it because you know it's needed to be done. It's not part of your job description, but you do it anyway because you're a giver. Guess what? Other people, other takers beside you, they do something for the boss, but they tell the boss, boss, 
Konting ano naman. You know, I, I did this. You don't do it. You don't go to your boss and can you, can you, you know, exchange, you know, you, you pay me somehow? But your office mate did and he got paid. You didn't. So the findings must be true. According to Adam Grant, research after research after story after story will tell you givers, they earn less and they're less successful than matchers and takers. So, should we just become a taker? Should we just become a matcher? Instead of a giver, what do you think? You look all so sad. But you see, the story doesn't end there. But wait, there's more. I feel like I'm a TV host of a TV shopper. But wait, there's more. That findings is accurate at the start of one's career. At the start of one's business life. It's accurate, but according to the author, and I love it, somewhere at the middle of your career, a shift takes place. A shift happens. Givers begin to rise. Givers begin to earn more. Givers get promoted. Givers get better jobs. Givers begin to sell more. Givers get, you know, good stuff happen in the middle. And then at the end of their career, the research shows Findings, statistics, surveys shows that givers rise to the very top. That's what happens. Ask me why. Would you want to work with a giver or a taker? Would you want to buy from a giver or a taker? You would want to work with a giver. And word spreads around. That person, so kind. That person, so generous. I want to work with that person. I want to buy from that. Am I making sense to you? This is the results. And, and in my language, it's this. Takers win the 100-meter dash. But it's givers who win the marathon. And I've got an announcement to make. Life is not a 100-meter dash. Life is a marathon. And you want to be a, you want to be a giver because you want to win the marathon. Do I hear a loud amen? I'm thinking of my, my, my business mentor who's got 300 plus workers in his factory for the past 40 years. And there is no labor union there. Oh, there are times when the labor union wanted to come in and the workers, his workers themselves, they, they, they talk to those guys and they say, sorry, we already have a labor union president. And, and, and the people they were talking to, whoo! And they say, the owner of the company, He's our labor union president because he loves us and he fights for us and he's always on our side. It's crazy. But this is my point. I want to share this with you. Givers are foot washers. When you wash feet, you're not thinking of what's going to happen. You know, like if you give, you... S I, I, can, can, I, can I tell you that there are, there are wonderful servants here in this house the ushers that you pass by, those who are working in the, our awesome kids ministry, people here in the, in the, you know, all these people who are serving, they're foot washers. They're giving and giving and giving. They're expecting nothing in return. We don't pay them. If you pass by an usher when you go home, please, please tell them thank you. Shake their hand. Hug them. 
They're every, every Sunday they're here. Almost every Sunday they're here. And are coming before the feast just to serve you. And they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And because they've identified themselves as givers. Tell somebody beside you, givers are winners. Givers are winners. I, I, have, I have my little entrepreneurial experience, very small. Been, been leading a company, you know, small business for 12 years. And, and I'm, I'm not a perfect giver. I make mistakes, but I try my best to be a giver. You know, a little bit higher salary, a little bit, you know, bonus, maybe a profit sharing here and there. I, I love doing that. And then we, we started an investment program where, where, where I believe my drivers and my, my, my uh, messengers will become multi-millionaires when they retire. You know, do, do, giving, giving, why? Because it's the right thing to do. But guess what? God is blessing because I'm big lifted up. A foot washer gets lifted up. And, you know, my, my businesses are doing well. I, 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 one of the crazy things I, I do is if, if my employee can work at home, I'll allow the person to work at home. I, I know it's, it's difficult for some businesses to, have to, to, to apply that, but my, mine can. It's, it's not a re retail store. It's online, so, so they can do that. And I love doing that, you know. I, and I encourage my employees to start their own businesses if they can. And, and if it gets big, they can come up to me and shake my hand and say thank you, and that's it. I'll be happy that I was part of their growth. I was happy that they made me a part of their life. Um, I know what you're thinking. Oh, by the way, just want to share one last thing. Everywhere I go, I tell people that two of my maids are now millionaires because I taught them how to invest. Now, when people say that, when people hear me say that, you know what they, tell, they say? Brother Bo, can I be your maid? <laughs> and they, they say, Brother Bo, your maids, your helpers are so blessed. I smile and I say, that's not how I think. You know how I think? I am so blessed that they're working for me. You know why? Don't, don't, don't clap. Don't clap yet. Maybe later. I am so blessed. Because you know how they serve me? My gosh. It's not a job for them. They love my family. My kids have become their kids. They love in that intense way. And my wife and I, we have so much peace because we totally trust them. You get what I'm saying? This is just the side effect of, of what I think is being a foot washer. I didn't have to teach them how to invest. I didn't have to. But in my heart, I had to. And I wanted to. And, and I have this family in my home. Am I making sense? I can hear your objections in your mind right now. Two of them. Brother Bo, it's good for you. You know, you're good to your staff. And yay, me, my boss, is the biggest jerk in the galaxy. He is a taker to the nth power. I thought that givers rise to the top. Brother Bo, no, my boss is at the top and is horrible. He's cruel, he's greedy, he's selfish. Hey, here's my answer. It happens. There are exceptions. 
There are Hitlers. There are, you know. But here's what the research says. There are many givers at the top. And they rose there because people wanted to work with them. Because people wanted them. Because they attracted the right people. Objection number two. Brother Bo, my uncle, he's the nicest man. He's the kindest man. Oh my gosh. So, so, such a giver. Ayun, he's as poor as a rat. He's down in the dumps. He's, people manipulate him. Do you know of people like that? Be honest with me. Very, very kind people who are down there. Yes? I know. I know of a lot of people. But here's my answer. Everybody say, I'm listening. That uncle who gets manipulated, that uncle who's down in the dumps, that uncle is not a giver. In my book, in my book, he's a burner. A giver who burns out. A giver who does not have boundaries. A giver who gives not because he really loves, but because he wants and needs love. He uses his giving to buy love. Here's my point. Givers rise to the top. The givers who rise to the top are givers who have boundaries. Are givers who have a healthy, vibrant self-love. They, they love to give. And they will serve. And they will bleed. And they will sacrifice. And they will wash your feet. But while they meet your needs, they also honor their own needs. And, and they, you know, they, it's, it's that's, that's the kind of giver you want to you wanna be. I'll just, I'll just wrap this up with a few more examples and then, and then we close. One of the things that I, I really love to do, um, I have a social media ministry. I'm, I'm everywhere, Facebook, IG, IGTV, YouTube, etc., and the reason why I do that, I want to share God's love to people. But there's a side effect. Ask me what? I get thousands of direct messages. Like thousands. Every day, seven wives crying to me, telling me about their cheating husbands. And uh, eight people telling me they, they're buried in debt and they want to kill themselves. And 16 single women with broken hearts because their boyfriend is a jerk. And I'm there. I spend an hour every day answering these messages. Kids, teenagers, asking help for their homework. I'm not kidding. And I'm there answering. There's such a thing as Google. Why me? But anyway, I'm answering. And when I do that, every day, do I get anything from it? Zero. But why do I do it? Because I'm a giver. And it's so good to be a giver. And, and it's, you know, I'm telling, I'm telling myself, that this, is, this is my life. And I, I want to continue to help people. I want to lift people up. I, I want to, you know, 
The feast is, has a giving culture. We raise up young men to become leaders. We spot them, we raise them, we train them, we put them on stage. And older guys like me, we, we slowly go down the stage. And we become the biggest cheerer of these young guys. We love doing that. We love fading into the horizon. As young men come up, I, I just love doing that. And you know, some of these young leaders, they serve and they plant the roots at the feast and they, they take care of the next generation and hallelujah. But some, some of these young leaders, they leave and they bloom elsewhere. And that's fine. Ask me why. As long as they serve the king, I'll tell you why. We're not building the feast empire. We're building the kingdom of God. That's why. And we want to keep on giving. We want to we wanna give. We want to plant God's word and God's, God's leaders all over. Can I invite you to stand up? Be in the presence of God. I have a declaration to tell you. Everybody say, I'm listening. God is your king. He is your king. He, he wears a crown. His light shines brilliantly from his being. Angels worship him. He is a king. But he is also your foot washer. Touch somebody beside you and say, God is your foot washer. God is a king, but this king is a janitor who holds a mop because he cleanses your heart. He is a cook who wears an apron because he nourishes your soul with his word. He is a security guard that stands on his post because he watches over you with love. He is a repairman with a toolbox because he fixes you when you are in trouble. God is a foot washer. The king who stands from his throne goes in front of you, bends over with basin and water and washes the mud and the dirt from your feet. God, right now, right this moment, here in this sacred place, is washing your feet, is healing you, is anointing you, is forgiving you of your sins, is blessing you, is changing you, right now, right this moment. Everybody say, I receive it. Raise your hand and say, I receive it, Lord. God is washing your feet. God is washing not only your feet. God is washing your soul. God is speaking to you. And God is anointing you. Some of you are going through, through pain right now. I know because I read your letters every day. And God is there washing your feet and healing your heart and healing your wounds. And He gives you the basin. And He gives you the towel. 
And he says, it's your turn. Wherever you go, wash some feet. Everybody say, Jesus, thank you for what you're doing in my life. And thank you for washing my feet and blessing my soul. I encounter you today. Do your work. As I worship you, do your work in my soul. As I lift you up, let your blessings come down. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.